Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And today I have a delightful conversation with longtime friend and just remarkable athlete, Javier Gomez. In this episode, Javier discusses who he thinks is the greatest triathlete of all time and what athletes have forced him to become better. Javier shares his thoughts on the fast, bouncy shoes that are now so popular and the improvements in bike technology. He describes some of his epic training days and shares his big meltdown. The episode concludes with some tips on how to optimize your life and some fun quick fire questions. This was just simply a really great conversation with an extraordinary man. But before we go on, some housekeeping. Firstly, thank you for your feedback and sharing the show. If you are enjoying the show, you really would be doing me a huge favor by sharing the show on your social platforms and or you can support the show's partners, Athletic Greens, Hyperice and Form Swim Goggles. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They're great companies and just fantastic products. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. Do you want to move better? Do you want to reach your full potential? If yes, then you should really consider Hyperice recovery tools. Personally, I use the Hypervolt and the Vibrating Roller daily. So simple, quick, and easy to look after my body at home. Hyperice is currently running a few sales on both the Normatec line and the Hypervolt with Bluetooth. It's a great time for anyone to take advantage of the discount. Plus, get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show code Greg21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com. That's hyperice.com. H Y P E R I C E.com and use code Greg21 at checkout. Are you someone who enjoys swimming in the open water? Personally, I love it far more than the pool. The thing, though, that I miss in the open water swimming is the ability to get any feedback. But now with the Form Smart Swim goggles, I have that covered. Whether I'm in the pool or open water, I can get my feedback. With Form Swim Goggles, you can see all your key metrics while you're swimming. Your distance, pace, stroke rate, and heart rate. This swim data is displayed on the goggle lens, and you can customize the display to see the metrics you want to see. The goggles track it all and are automated. You start them at the beginning of your swim, and you don't have to press any buttons in between. They automatically track everything. The goggles connect to the Form Swim app on your smartphone, and there you can review all the details of your swims. The battery life is incredible. With a one-hour charge, giving you 16 hours of swimming time. So go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off. Or you can use code Greg15 at checkout. I'm using Athletic Greens every day. Great taste, so quick and just ready to go. I've discussed Athletic Greens with several of the guests who are using it daily as well. Miranda Carfrey, Timothy O'Donnell, Tim Don, and Sebastian Kinley. You see... Athletic Greens is more than just a multivitamin and mineral. It's a delicious blend of 75 superfoods, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, greens blend, and more to support your gut health, energy, immunity, and stress. My focus is overall health, longevity, feeling good, and feeling like I'm optimizing each day. And Athletic Greens is there for me to do just that. I've also been doubling down on Athletic Greens vitamin D, a huge portion of the population of vitamin D deficient, including myself. And right now, Athletic Greens will give you a year's supply of vitamin D for free and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Please do yourself a favor and sign up. It also makes a great gift for a family member or friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. All right, today I have a very special return guest. He was on the show at the start of January back in 2020 in episode four of the show. If you haven't listened to it, be sure to go check it out. He's a man who's won more triathlons than anyone else in the history of the sport, a career that has spanned almost two decades with nine world titles over various distances and formats, including five ITU World Championship titles, two Ironman 70.3 World titles, an ITU Long Course World title, an Xero Road world, uh, Off-Road World title, and add to that, a silver medal at the Olympics. My goodness, I'm out of breath just, just going through it. But he's more than just a champion athlete. He's one of the best men I know. And we've lived and shared some epic training sessions together and battled on the race course numerous times. And I'm just honored to call him a friend. So it's an absolute privilege to have him back on the show. So welcome. And thanks for joining me on the Greg Bennett Show. Mr. Javier Gomez, how are you, mate? Hey, Greg, I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for uh, the introduction and having me having me again on the show. Um, yeah, the first time was your fourth episode and I didn't really know what it was about. And uh, <laughs> But I've listened to, I'm pretty sure all of them after that during my, especially on the trainer or, or traveling. Or, so so it, it's great to be back. And yeah, I'm a bit overwhelmed about what you just read about my achievements. It's been a long career. Is it, um, is it amazing uh, but, though when you get that? When you hear it read back to you, do you sometimes just have to pinch yourself? I mean, it is it is remarkable. It it actually is because to be honest, I don't think much about that. I think mm. the athletes we tend to always be in the future. You know, we always mm. look uh, to the next race. And uh, for my whole career, um, uh, I won many races. And after winning a race, I, the next day I was thinking of the next one, not not on what, on what I've just achieved. You know and it's something that I kind of regret a little bit because I should have enjoyed it a bit more. But th- that's what the way we think, you know, always in the future. So when someone tells you everything you've done, not that I didn't know it or that I've forgotten it, but um, yeah, it's, qu- it's quite it's quite impressive. And yeah, of course, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, well, you should be, mate. And, you know, I was at the back end of you on quite a few of those world titles and, and really felt just your prowess and and uh, you know I, I've said on the show numerous times I I feel like there was a real changing of the guard in that kind of what was it oh seven oh eight oh six seven eight mm-hmm. nine with you and Alistair and then Jonathan yeah. Brownlee a little bit later that you kind of pushed us the rest of us out um, it really was an extraordinary time where the, the the sport elevated beyond where I ever thought it could possibly go um, with, with you guys and what you did. And and I got to see you work firsthand, you know, all those years we spent in Noosa training and and, uh, and I was like, wow, okay, this is this is the future. And, and you haven't let me down, mate. It's just been <laughs> a very consistent, methodical, and just you keep, keep turning up and, and delivering the goods. But now let's talk to the present right now. Yeah. Where are you? And, um, you know, Leeds was just last weekend. Tell us a little yeah. bit about all of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, Leeds was last weekend. I was really excited about racing uh, um, ITU again. And unfortunately, the race didn't go as planned. Um, I didn't have a great swim, but I was there. We were catching up and uh, we were joining the first group. So I thought I was safe and I knew I was in a good 
running shape, uh, but unfortunately an, another athlete crashed right in front of me um, and I couldn't avoid it. And yeah, uh, I fell off the bike. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, nothing, no major injury, just just a few, just a road rush and, and, and that's it. But it's always uncomfortable and, and very frustrating, uh, more fr- frustration than, than pain. Um, so I couldn't finish the race. And, and as you know, this year we don't have... Uh, lots of ch- racing chances. <laughs> mm. There are not many races out there. So, so yeah, I decided to do a, a French Grand Prix uh, this weekend, which I've been doing racing in France since probably 2005. And they are always great races, really fast with some of the best athletes in the world. So um, I will, I'll be doing that and hopefully I'll have a good one and, and then just focus on the preparation for, uh, you know, the final push for Tokyo. Mm. Mate, was there, because for listeners that don't know, before 2016 uh, Rio Olympic Games, you know, you were a hot favourite um, mm-hmm. for medal, potentially gold. Um, had some great battles with both Alistair and Jonathan Brownlee leading up to 2016. You broke your arm about six weeks out from that one. Was it about that? And did you have flashbacks in Leeds like, oh, no, it's happened again? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, it was a very different situation, I guess. Um, in 2016, I was, was on a training session. It was a stupid crash by myself um, going probably 15K an hour uphill. Oh. And I was so unlucky that, you, you know, I fell, fell off the wrong way and I, I broke my elbow. No, but this was... You know, in the heat of the moment when you're racing, I knew it wasn't bad when I hit the ground. You know, it was mm. uh, more like, oh, damn it, I'm losing the group and I just wanted to get back But on the bike. But unfortunately, the the, the shifting uh, lever was, was broken. So I couldn't. And yeah, and I decided to, you know, take care of the of the wounds and, and try to to recover but yeah i was very frustrated but luckily i did i didn't break anything i'm training normally at the moment so uh let's hope i can make it to the star line first and then have a good race in, yeah. in tokyo yeah and it has a, has the swim level jumped that much that i'm talking to javier gomez who i always thought was yeah the greatest swimmer i kind of went up against that you can have bad swims now like what's happening um yeah well first i'm not used to have a bad number in mm. the in a race and i've always struggled my whole career with a bad position in the pontoon i don't like the fight i uh, but i always was number two number three number one and i would be on the side of the pontoon do my whole do my thing you know and get to the first boy within the top 10 um, i think it's not really faster but you know, the level has increased and there's a lot of people able to swim quite fast. Even though I was thinking, uh, I thought I was having a terrible swim in Leeds and I couldn't see anything. I was in the middle of the fight. Uh, I couldn't, uh, I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. I thought I was really far back and I came out of the water. I was 12 seconds behind the, the leader, you know. So <laughs> we were all just basically together. And yeah. the, actually T1 was more important than, than anything in order to make the first group. So, yeah, like the level is really high at the moment. I don't think, um, you know, because the same guys are pushing the pace. You know, Richard Varga has been there for 10 years at least. Uh, um, Vincent Luis as well, you know, eight years ago, he he was swimming as fast probably as, as he swims nowadays. But, um, you know, the, the group doesn't stretch that much mm-hmm. anymore. 
So yeah, you need to have a good transition if you want to make that first group, and and also depends on the situation, the conditions, and if it's wetsuit or non-wetsuit. But mm. um, yeah, I, I think yeah, it's the same with the final result of the race. You know, there are so many guys who can in a one-day race can win the race that makes it very interesting, very exciting. Mm. But it's definitely not like uh, eight or nine years ago. You know, no. Well, I mean, just watching this this race this past weekend and. You know, there's a lot of young guys that can run very, very fast. Um, mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, it, it was a wetsuit swim. And so, what do you, what are your thoughts when you when you look ahead to Tokyo and you kind of go, okay, well, does does Leeds give us a fair representation of what you think Tokyo will look like, or do you think the wetsuit and the conditions in Leeds are so different that we, it's hard for us to look at that as a form guide? Well, no doubt the conditions are going to be very different in Tokyo, but it doesn't mean that th- those guys that did well in, in Leeds can't perform in Tokyo mm, for sure. Because, no, sure. you know, you, you have Alex Xie, a young guy, you know, amazing talent, and he proved that he's not just a runner, you know. He's just not just that guy who can run sub-28 minutes for 10K. But um, at the beginning, I was with him in the group, and I saw him working really hard on the bike, really strong, and... And um, thanks to him and some others, we ended up catching the, the the lead group, you know. So he knew what he had to do. He worked hard on the bike. Uh, he made it. And then the run was really hard as well. A tough course for tough people. And he proved he was the best one. So definitely he's in a great in great shape at the moment he's really strong and uh, i'm sure he can perform very well in uh, in in tokyo too but yeah the conditions are going to be very different uh, that extreme heat and the water being very hot and and on wetsuit swim um of course you have to be very fit I mean, you know uh, it's a one day one day race anything can happen but the fitter and the stronger you are the more chances you have uh, to win the race so that's where you have to focus on try not to make mistakes and uh, give absolutely everything on the day and and are you on the on the team yet of the spanish team um being announced or? yeah well it's going to be in it's going to be announced uh in a few days so probably when this episode is out uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> will be yeah. enough but um yeah uh Pretty sure I'll, I'll make the team with uh, Mario Mola and Fernando Alarza. We have a pretty good, uh, strong team, you know. At least in the in the men, the women as well. We have two two strong athletes, but um, yeah, it's a good team, and I'm excited to go to my third Olympics. Uh, I, I missed uh, Rio, but um, yeah, it, it's it's great to to be back. I feel at this stage of my career, way less pressure than um, mm. in Beijing, for example, and in London as well. After Finishing fourth in in Beijing, you know, I put a lot of pressure myself. And after winning, you know, uh, world titles in that Olympic cycle and and being one of the favorites, but I knew that the both the Brownlee brothers were going to be on the podium. So, you know, <laughs> there's only one spot left. And uh, whether it was gold, uh, uh, silver, or bronze, you know, it was really really hard to make that podium in London. And I'm really proud of my race there, finishing second. Um, so now after you know, at the end, towards the end of my career, I feel very relaxed and I don't think I have anything to prove, but I want to enjoy it. And when I say enjoy, it means uh, I want to, you know, work really hard and get as fit as possible and, and you know, play my cards there and, and try to have a good one. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I, I just took the kids down to the pool down here in Bolden. I just bumped into Flora Duffy 
and she was mm-hmm. about to get in the in the pool and and I said, "Oh, I've got to get home. I, I'm I'm having a, a chat with uh, with Javier," and mm-hmm. uh, and um, we were sort of had a brief. She's like, "Yeah, you know, it was a real shame about his crash in Leeds," and and uh, and I don't know what we kind of said, but it was kind of like, "Yeah, we need to see him back on top." And I said, "Well, actually, he still finished third in the World Series, you know, in in." <laughs> 2019 it's not like it's funny though if you're not winning like oh yeah yeah winning, winning, everybody's like well where's Javier you know yeah yeah it's funny the way we were both talking about you were going the expectation yeah. of the others around you is is kind of like it's Javier Gomez you know arguably yeah. one of the greatest we've ever seen do the sport and uh do you feel that do you or do, yeah. do you let go now or well, I, I totally understand that, you know, when people talk about the, the main favorites for the Olympics, I'm, I'm not even in the top 10 of them, which uh, to, <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't care at all. And I'm happy in this situation because I've been in the other situation for yeah. for too long in my career, you know, being yeah. the guy to beat with the Brownies and all that. So I'm not, and, and that's great. Um, but yeah, I've been doing my thing, you know, I've been training hard and 2019 after one year of long distance and I've been on the podium in, on a few World Series, um, I finished third in the World Series uh, um, and 2020 with this weird year yeah. we all had, I didn't race ITU, I was racing some French Grand Prix races and being, being competitive on sprint distance races. Uh, I was third in a Super League event, indoor, super fast, which doesn't suit me very well. So, um, you know, and I'm, I know my times in the pool, my times on the track, and I'm still uh, competitive, or at least the way I was, you know. Um, I know, it, mate. I, you're, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir, mate. I'm a believer. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's we, I think it's just more... I think people are drawn to the new flavor and the new color that jumps. Yeah, out. yeah, that's but but that's normal, I guess, yeah, and yeah. and I, I I totally understand it, and and maybe you know when I was the young guy and and you know mm. people got excited I was going to win everything, and and maybe they thought that you guys you know there were a different generation or Simon Whitfield was was done, and then Simon Whitfield went to uh, uh, to Beijing and still got a silver medal, you know, exactly. or you know, yeah. Yeah. so we. I probably can't be as uh, consistent as I was 10 years ago. You know, the body's different. But I think for a one-day race, I still can get to that level that I need to be competitive. Mm-hmm. The thing is nowadays, uh, as I said before, there are so many guys that in a good day can win the race. So that is very difficult to, you know, to do it. But um, I'm happy to be where I am. I'm happy to to be one of the guys who's going to be on the star line, and I'm really excited to give my best on the day. Mm. It's extraordinary when you said, you know, it's my third Olympics. When '04, I felt like you should probably yeah. should have been on the start line there. Definitely. And then you had 2016 where you were, you know, broke your arm six weeks out, and and so it's it's one of those. Your career's been so long, um, and only your third Olympics, but it's. Uh, I, I say that in jest, obviously, because it's still remarkable. But you really have been around for you know basically two decades, and um, and not just around. It's this consistency of, of winning and being at the top. And, and you kind of said just then, "Oh, I'm not as consistent, but I can still get up for a one day race." I mean, you still, you know, you're, you're 38 now. I think are you? I'm 38. Yeah. Yeah, 38. So in my mind, 
Just I know, I know. <laughs> a couple of good recent years. I think I won high V when I was th- almost forty. Um, yeah. That was sort of my last really decent hurrah. But yeah. I think you've still got a nice little window here to make magic happen beyond yeah. what you've done if your passion is still there. And do you yeah. feel like you're still as passionate as you as you were? Oh yeah, the, the passion is still there. I, I remember when we were in in Nusa probably ten years ago or nine years ago. I don't know. And you were telling me that you yeah you you got your you achieve your peak when you were in your late thirties, and mm. and I was like, really? What's he talking about? That's that's so old. It can't be, you know. <laughs> that's that's not possible. But but now I understand you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I guess I'm in my late thirties, and I still want to think that I'm competitive, and and I'm sure I am because you yeah. know at least well my training is there, and I know what I'm doing on training. So, um, but. But yeah, uh, when you are in your early 30s or your late 20s, you, you don't th- think that you're going to be competitive, you know, that far. But it's all about being passionate, which is not easy when you've done it for so long. You know, uh, on my 20s, um, I would go to the track and be so excited for a track session that I would, you know, just be like, in a like before a race, you know. And now it's a different feeling, you know, it's more like a routine, even though you know, I do it professionally and I do the best I can, but you don't have that, that excitement anymore and it's normal, but, um, I still like it and, and enjoy the challenge of setting a goal and work hard for it, you know, and, and focusing on the process throughout my whole career. I never set goals of terms of, uh, I want to win this race. I want to win this other race. I guess ultimately that was the goal, but for me it was the process of working day by day to you know, to, to, to get the best version of me and, and, and on that day and, and do everything perfectly. It was more like a technical stuff. You know, I want to be swimming in these times. I want to be running on the track on these times. I want to do the bike like this and like that. So I was focusing on the process the whole time. And that, I think that's why I got such a long career because you can't, you cannot work by um, anger or I want to win this race. I'm going to destroy the field. They, they could work for one of two races and it's a great uh, fuel, you know, mm. <laughs> to, to go to a certain race. But for you can't do that for 20 years, you know, you're tired <laughs> of that. So you need to you need to enjoy the process and mm. and and the process within yourself, you know, trying to to get better every day, trying to improve t- technically, tactically, physically all the process, all the workouts you do, you know, that, that, that has to be the, the focus. And that has always been my focus. Jeez, that was well said. I, I really think that was fantastic. That really just focusing on the process for the sake of longevity and consistency. And I've had a couple of guests on the show that have been, you know, I've used anger and I'm, I've been angry and angry, you know, it's great fuel. And then I've had yeah, the other. It, it is for certain races, but exactly. I don't think you can keep that anger for, you know, no. for 200 races because then it, you're kind of really, um, <laughs> I don't know, it, you know, yeah. for it's good to have it. And I wish I had it a bit more sometimes because <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I have to, um, to yeah. wake up a little bit more, you know, and be more, um, I guess, more anger before the race, more angry, you know, but um but yeah, for me, it worked better, like focusing on the process and be on the start line and think, okay, I did amazing work for this. I'm very fit. And that's what gives me confidence as well. You know, I'm confident if I'm fit and I'm not so confident 
if I know that I saw something went wrong in the preparation or, or, uh, or if I'm not that good, you know? No, it was like watching Alistair Brownlee in Leeds. You, you could see in his sort of the way he was there that he was just hoping for a miracle, you know, and, uh, and that's not fun. It's not a fun way to, to race if you haven't had the chance to prepare properly. Um, no, it, it is not, especially if you've been on the top like, mm. like Alistair, you know, and you know you're not – fit or you're not that level and you're racing at home and probably your last uh itu race um that's hard but you know yeah. the end of the day is one but he's had his team my goodness has done so much that you know <laughs> i mean he's won so, so much I, I wrote him straight after the race action and said mate i you're the greatest olympian in our sport that we've ever seen and i don't think you need to stress about adding another one when you're not actually going to probably be that fit um yeah it's not the way to go out anyway. So anyway, mate, what, what do you think when we talk about athletes, um, you know, over the past, oh, you've been in the sport for 20 years at, at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Do, are there athletes that stand out to you? Um, and I, we don't need to call it the greatest of all time type thing, but well, athletes, yeah. how have you, I mean, we have talked about that already a fair bit just now, but are there athletes that stand out to you that have shaped yeah, the sport? Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, I've seen so many different generations, you know, mm. older than me, same age, younger. Um, so uh, it's it's always hard to say who was the greatest of all time. And, and mm. that's, it's always an open discussion. But um, for me personally, the best athlete I've ever seen been very fit is Alistair Brownlee, no doubt about that. You know, I've seen this guy doing things that no other could do, you know. At a point, he was uh, probably top five swimmers, strongest cyclist and the fastest runner. Um, so, yeah, for me, that he he's probably the best. So, but he was never that consistent. He struggled with lots of injuries, with different problems. So um, that's why he doesn't have more world titles probably. But, um, yeah, some of his performances uh, were completely uh, outstanding. <laughs> um, then other guys, like, really talented and amazing one-day races, like Simon Whitfield, who you know very well. Um, I don't know. I guess before my before I started racing, um, you know, the likes of Simon Lessing, Brad Bevan, etc. I have a lot of respect for these guys, for what they did in, in their you know at their time but um yeah and if we talk about long distance no doubt Jan Froden is the is, is the best one ever in my opinion mm. that's, a, that's not a bad little summary there mate. <laughs> and I, I don't think you're gonna have many people argue against that I mean and the thing is what I love about these conversations is with with guys like yourself is when you've been on the back end of some of these outstanding performances you know when you've been up against an Alistair Brownlee at the 2012 Olympic Games or Simon Whitfield on his day or, you know, in my case, many times from Brad Bevan and Simon Lessing in the 90s. Um, when, you, when you've had them unleash what their potential is, it, it really does make you go, wow, doesn't it? Even as a competitor, you go, how am I going to beat yeah. that? You know, it's yeah, definitely no doubt. And and when uh, Alistair, you know, his I think his breakthrough performance was around 2009, where well, actually many because he won four or five World Series mm. in a row, and I was kind of dominating uh, until that point, 2006, seven, eight, and uh, won World Titles and lots of World Cups, and then this young guy comes and and he beats me in the first race he beats me in the second and and i was impressed by what he was doing but at the same time it's like well what can i do to beat his, uh, this guy you know and um 
so so he actually made me a better athlete you know him and johnny they uh, had to work really hard find ways to improve you know uh you know push the limits and the, the end of the day and that's what i did and and if i'm really proud of my uh of my achievements and my five world titles because they were against the brownies you know i was racing in the same era as uh, alistair brownie jonathan brownie and for me that makes it even even harder you know um because they were uh, just amazing but um so i think that rivalry was 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 great for a sport was great for me in order to maybe i would have won more races without them but um they yeah. push they pushed my limits and made me a better athlete no doubt yeah well, i mean i i'd have to agree with you i think the three of you lifted the sport beyond whatever thought possible what, what do you think about some of the guys that we're starting to see now almost the post coronavirus group that have sort of coming out we've got obviously vincent lewis and mario yeah. mala your teammate yeah there's a whole uh, another crowd coming through though another young breed coming through is that blowing yeah. you away what they're able to do yeah there, there are so many uh, great athletes uh, it's great to see actually um mm. i think there are different groups you know you have the 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 athletes that i think they are at their peak like um uh, Vincent Louis, Mario Mola, you know, they are around 30, 29 years old, experience still very quick. They prove that they are, uh, you know, uh, on the top. And then you have a younger generation of incredible athletes coming up, uh, like uh, Alex Yi, for example, uh, like Hayden Wild is an athlete that I really mm -hmm. like. I think he's very, very talented and he's been, you know, in lockdown in New Zealand. He didn't have the ch chance to, to race uh, through 2020 and and he did his first race in in Leeds, and he was very brave. He he died a little bit in the last five k on on the run, but he showed so much potential, and he had shown before. So I, I think he's a yeah he has a great future ahead. And you know you see the Belgian guys uh, Jelly Jeans and uh, Van Riel as well doing amazing things. So well, this is a, a big group, and and definitely there's a lot lot of young athletes with a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching Hayden. Why I have always enjoyed watching him in the Super League, and he has that the, little bit of Kiwi yeah. mongrel, that New Zealand mongrel. You know, yeah. which I, I, they, they they bite your Achilles and they don't let go. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's yeah. so brave racing. He looks like he's been racing for twenty years. You know, because yeah. he yeah, yeah. he's so good at transitions and and you know if he has to attack, he attacks. And he's a yeah, he's an aggressive racer and. Yeah, uh, I guess for spectators, really fun to watch. Not yeah. so much for the the other guys racing him. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, no, in, no. that includes me. So. <laughs> no, no, you guys stop. Yeah, it hurts. so fun. But like, he's he's doing very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you mentioned Alex Yi there. I mean, it's hard not to be impressed about this young guy that's coming mm -hmm. on board. And we talked about him earlier. But I mean, I, I looked him up. Just some of his run splits. I mean, yeah. he's it's, he's the British ten k. 10k champion right i mean yeah i mean i've seen him running on the track uh actually was true live stream in, um in 2750 for 10k which is uh incredible and th this must have been uh two years ago probably yeah. but we've seen cases of amazing track runners uh, uh yeah. doing triathlon with some good results um but never never like this you know i think he's not just a runner he's a pure triathlete at the moment he his whim uh got so much better he's in the middle of the group towards the front now 
Um, and he's really strong on the bike as well. So he's not that type of uh, runner that if the bike goes slow, if there's, if everyone gets to get mm. on the bike, then he can win the race. No, he he is a he can win any race because he got so much better on the um, on the bike and and the swim. So uh, he's he's a pure triathlete. Yeah, I think I think when we look at the sport, I I've had the Norwegians on the show, you know, Christian Blumenfeld, Gustav Eden, and they coach a real Svetten. And um, then there's this sort of the Joel Filial crowd, you know, which mm-hmm. is Vincent Lewis and Maria Moller and oh, Jacob Burtwistle and, and and a plethora of other. Um, um, I know I'm missing a few names, so excuse me. And then and then we've got you know yourself and Alistair and. Some of these more of the, I don't want to call you old school, but I guess you kind of are becoming that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like all these different groups up against each other come, come Tokyo, which is really, really exciting for all of us. I think, yeah, I think it's it is so open. I think it's open. I think that's what makes it exciting. It really is an open opportunity. Yeah. And it's the beauty of the sport as well, seeing different groups and with, with, completely different approaches in terms of training. You know, you have the Norwegians that they're famous for training a lot, crazy hours and a lot of volume and, and, you know, racing a lot. And then you have your Filius group. They seem to be uh, more, you know, focused on, on quality and not so many hours. And, and you would think that they don't train that much, but it's working great for them. So, <laughs> and so in the end of the day, what's, you know, what, what's the right thing to do? You never know, you know, the, the sport is constantly evolving and, um, yeah, and you can get to the same point, to the same place through many different ways, and, and that's incredible. Who, who, who's coaching you now? Are you, you guys... I'm still with with Carlos, which you, you know, okay. yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been training with him since uh, 2013, and yeah, we we understand each other very well. We've done uh, lots of great things. So you know, won a few world titles with him. So yeah, I'm still still with him. And and is Pablo Gonzalez? Is he a training buddy of yours? Or are you guys? Yeah, or, yeah. yes, a training buddy is from the same town, and I saw mm-hmm. him, uh, you know, coming up. He was a swimmer, and he kind of retired, and he started triathlon very late. Um, and but he's he really likes to work hard. He's a great training partner. You know, he mm-hmm. never gives up. He never gets tired. He never gets injured. And you know, he's he's might not be the fastest guy when it comes to running on the track, for example, but. He's consistent and and he's now getting great results in middle distance. A quick mini break. I really want to encourage you to do something special for yourself and sign up for Athletic Greens and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like your pace, distance, stroke rate, and heart rate while you're swimming, you need the Form Smart Swim goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off. Or you can use code GREG15 at checkout. Take advantage of the great sale going on now at Hyperice. Plus get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. Well, we're starting to talk about his name more and more, and, and that's always okay when they have the, when's their breakthrough about to come, you know? Yeah. Um, what, what about the races? Have you noticed the races change much to, over your career? Have they become more professional, or is it much the same? I mean, you came in sort of in the naughty, early noughties there. Yeah, the, 
they got shorter for sure. (laughs) 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 You know, I started in a sport that, you know, even the juniors race Olympic distance, under 23 Olympic distance, elite Olympic distance, every race, every race. And suddenly when you're in your thirties, they start to shorten the races. Like, Hey, this is not fair. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been training for, for longer races. So, so that is changing the, the dynamics a little bit. And, um, you know, the younger guys are obviously really quick for shorter distances. Um, uh, in terms of being more professional or not, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of talent nowadays. There was a lot of talent uh, some years ago. In terms of uh, prize money, I don't see big changes in the last, I didn't see big changes in the last 20 years. So um, I don't know if they are getting more professional in that way, but uh, for sure the level, you know, there are more athletes, uh, you know, uh, uh, capable of doing great things and um, um, yeah, the races are so tight and you have a small mistake and cost you the race whereas uh, some years ago there were more differences probably and I could maybe I could probably go to a race not being 100% fit and still win the race you know even a World Cup which World Cups was like World Series back in the day but now there's no way no one can do that you know the level is so high and and uh, yeah you need to be uh, at your peak and, mm. and really fit to win races yeah and 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 looking at sort of the big changes over this last 20 years the equipment um yeah are you you're with on running shoes yeah uh, i believe they're coming out with a new yes called the yeah. cloud boom echo i looked it up um, yeah have you tried it is it is it comparable to what we're seeing with some of the other brands that where these bouncy yeah. shoes just- yeah they they came up with a with another bounce, bouncy shoe you know which is uh if you want to be competitive nowadays you need one of those you know <laughs> whether if it's uh um it should be legal or not i have my doubts because it's an uh, it's an external assistance in my opinion i mean it's obviously you go way faster with those shoes like they're insane. having a it's like having a small engine on the bike, you know. Okay, mm. if it's allowed, then we all use it. So that's what happens with the with the shoes; they are allowed. So you need to to uh, to have them in order to be competitive. So uh, yeah, this, this was a revolution, and I I don't think it affects the same to all the athletes. You know, depending on your running style, and mm-hmm. and some athletes get more benefit than others. But you know, that's the way it is nowadays. So you have to wear them. I remember putting them on gosh, two, three years ago, just running down the hallway. Yeah, and you almost go back to, to racing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it really, it really did. Because I mean, the way, like you talked about, the depending on your biomechanics and how you run, Yeah, my form was always a lot of energy straight into the ground. Like I, I, mm. I hit the ground very hard. And yeah. so for me, the rebound was insane. I actually felt like I was like, whoa. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I... I've been watching guys like yourself in on and, and things, and I know the on shoes have been fantastic. But I've wanting, I've been still wanting them to come out with something that'll. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's great to have them now because at the beginning, uh, to be honest, I uh, I thought, well, yeah, they are just shoes, you know, they are not going to be such a big difference. And in 2019, I was racing with uh, normal on racing flats, but no carbon plate or anything. And there were people already racing with uh, the first versions of the uh, uh, of some carbon plate shoes, you know. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and when I think about it now, it's like, well, we, me and others, we're in clear disadvantage, you know, compared to, to these guys. Because uh, when you try them on and you say, oh, this is, this is a big difference. So, uh, well, it's good now. Pretty much all the brands have a good shoe. Uh, so, 
So the most important is that we all race in the same conditions. You know, that's how does the on cloud boom echo feel? Have you tried it yet? Does it come? Yeah, out? yeah, I try try them. Uh, I've been I raced last year them and I uh, oh, yeah. did. Huh. Yeah, I, I did. I did some uh, well seventy point three middle distance races and also some French Grand Prix and yeah, they feel great. They are really responsive, and we've seen great performances. Uh, I think in 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 Daytona the best running time was on those shoes and uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago in Lisbon the best running time in the World Cup uh, for Max Tudor I think he was um, yeah. was with on shoes Nicholas Berg as well winning the race with them cool. so that gives yeah. you uh, a lot of confidence. How yeah. good was it to see Nicola win? I, I I'm sorry if I'm showing bias here everybody but I've known Nicholas since the late <laughs> 90s if you can believe it and. Yeah. Uh, to see her, you know, 25 years later, pretty much still winning. Uh, I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, she's such an incredible athlete and gives a lot of hope to the older generation. You know, <laughs> she, she's, she's 39 and still competing amazing. 39 and a mother of three. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, Rita Huga, husband, must be an incredible man in that in that realm as well yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah. of course she will need a lot of, a lot of support yeah yeah and what about um bikes and things have you found there's much you know if you compared the bike you're riding now to what you rode in 2005 is it are you yeah well, getting yeah much because of it? it it looks like you know after year after year they don't seem to change much when when i look now uh, you know, to those bikes in 2005, yeah, they are were very different. You know, <laughs> they go so much better. And I've been with uh, Specialized since 2010, so wow. for over 10 years. And um, you know, I'm I'm really proud that I won world titles with so many different bikes from then. You know, road bikes, DT bikes, mountain bike, even. So, um, yeah, I've been loving riding Specialized, and they are always on the on the top. I would say. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, but we've seen the big evolutions, you know, with the shifting as well to electronic, to wireless. Um, the bike's getting more and more like stiffer and stiffer and lighter. So, yeah, it's yeah, really cool to ride a bike nowadays because when you, you if you get on one from, you know, 15 years ago, you really feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Really feel the, the difference. Big that, the big thing that changed probably since I stopped in 2016 was you all went to disc brakes. That was sort of the big as well, thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember at the beginning, uh, and lots of cyclists, they didn't like disc brakes. You know, it takes time to get used to changes, but uh, there's no doubt that the, yeah, the, you brake so much better, especially in wet conditions or um, for some courses, they are really important. You get, just need to get used to the, to the touch, to the feel, because it's a bit different, but no doubt it was a step forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's shift gear a little bit and let's look more at some of your... I want to I want to chat to you about some of your memories over the last twenty years of maybe some mm-hmm. epic kind of. Is there any training days or training weeks that stand out to you where you go? <laughs> I mean, is, is there? I mean, putting you on the spot here, obviously, is there anything that jumps out to you that was that that was an epic time or training day? Um, yeah, I've done for me epic training sessions like where you feel really good when you do amazing times. Yeah, you never to do more than that. You got to give details. Man. Yeah, I've I've never done if you if you mean like three hundred k on the bike and then run off the bike or something like that. I've never done stuff like that because uh, I I never thought it was useful. You know, <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. the point if you're going to race Olympic distance? You know, so I've yeah. never really done crazy stuff like that. Um, I done for me good times on the track or um, I don't know, I don't know on the in the pool as well. You know when 
when I was training a little bit more for 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 swimming as a triathlete, I was already world champion. But I did a more specific swim blog, and um, where I did my best time for 400 meters, which is 3:56 short course, um, which is probably yeah, that's the the best time, the time that I'm more proud of, better than 1500 actually. Um, and yeah, and running, I remember doing a, a session that I did many times, like 9k progressive starting three or five pace and and once finishing uh in 240 the last k um and doing the last 5k in 14 minutes flat so that was yeah one of my my best running sessions well i mean well my little memory of ours was when we did those long runs in the back of noosa there and Ver- oh, yeah. Creek road and monarch road and um and you would come out and you'd join me and we'd do these long yeah. runs. Usually, I, I think I, I did everything you did. I didn't care about my training program. <laughs> I was I was so excited. Like for me, you know, uh, going to Australia and, and training with these guys that I watch on TV, you know, uh, yourself and, you know, watching Brad Bev and Chris McCormack. And suddenly I was there training with you, you know. I think that learning experience was way more important than what was written on my program. So you had a long run. I was going to do a long run with you. Or if you had one case, I would do that. You know, I didn't, I didn't care. And when I think about it, it was the right thing to do because I, I remember that uh, a lot. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we had we had great tri- times and great training there. Well, you didn't just join me on them. You blew me away on them, in fairness. You're leaving that part out, but and that's very kind of you. But I uh, – I, I do remember when when you said, and I excuse me if people listeners remember this from episode four when we did talk about it, but it really was a highlight for my athletic career where we, you said, you know, today Greg, I just want to do twenty five k rather than our usual thirty thirty two k, but I want to do twenty k kind of as we normally do, and then five k just kind of build it up a little bit. And I said, oh okay, that's, that sounds good to me. So off we went at, you know, the, the first 20K and, and we were always averaging around that 345K pace, around mm-hmm. six miles, um, which is enough that we would call it best easy. So we're, we're running, but it was comfortable, which still, mm-hmm. now that I'm retired five years, that just blows my mind. But anyway, <laughs> at the time it was still comfortable. And and then we said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do the last 5K. And I remember you just whoo, took off. And I went through the first K in 302 of that 5K on the back. We'd already done 20 kilometers. And you were... 20 meters up the the dirt road and i was like my ego had kicked in by now you know i'm like damn it i was trying to hunt you down and i and i just couldn't you just kept running away from me for that whole 5k i remember that day very well um yeah yeah, i i loved it but i think that was that weekend i I raised in moluluba (laughs) so i definitely shouldn't be doing like a 25k (laughs) session and i had a horrible race in moluluba (laughs) well i finished fifth there was a world cup and i felt really bad but i have to say that two weeks later i did one of my best races ever in sydney the world series yeah yeah yeah. so it was around that time but uh, honestly for me the learning experience of training with you there was more valuable than a than a world cup in in mulluba so um so i wanted to to do what you did you know and i wanted to do the one case you did i remember also on the on that trail doing 1k rips reps and uh yeah it was it was a great learning experience yeah, I remember your, your your turn of speed on those 1K efforts was insane. Now, look, a lot of listeners uh, have had some pretty crazy bonks, you know, blow-ups, whatever you want to call them in races or in training. Do you have any anything that stands out to you where you were groveling to get home 
or, or get um, to the well a big one was in Kona definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I turned I was I was uh, yeah completely out of the race uh, in on K30 on the run uh, turning at the energy lab and yeah I was I was dead uh, the nutrition wasn't working I couldn't anyway it was a bad race but to be honest I went to Kona probably not prepared enough for that race but I wanted to be at the front of the race and I knew I don't mind uh, finishing fifth, fourth or 25th. You know, I either I'm going to play, I, I need to know what it takes to win this race. So I'm going to be at, at the front as much as I can. And I was at the front until K140 on the bike. Then I died and yeah, I missed a couple of eight stations uh, because the, the pace was on. It was my mistake that I missed them and, and I started the marathon completely dead. But even if you're dead, the first 10, 12K, you know, the pace that you're That's supposed so to run, that 345 that we were running, that yeah. we ran in Noosa easily, you know, so yeah. you you kind of, you, you can't do that. But it gets to a point that you have no energy anymore and the heat and the humidity. Anyway, so I, uh, it was K, about K30, I was almost walking and... Yeah, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I, I just, I can't keep going. There's no point of keep, keep hurting myself like this. But then I realized I was 10K away from, from town. And I had to get back somehow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, okay, well, I'll try to jog walk until the finish line because uh, I know I had a way to, to get yeah. back. And I was coming out of the energy lab. I remember someone saying, that actually made me laugh. Someone saying, come on, you have the best 10K of all these athletes. <laughs> is that, yeah, but not now man <laughs> definitely not now <laughs> oh and i was trying to help but not yeah now. that was that was oh. a horrible day but um it was it, it was a good learning experience as well and um i i enjoyed it and i had other better performances in ironman even though i didn't do many of them but mm-hmm. i knew what it takes to you know to be at the front of that race and i'm sure if i prepare it again i'll do things a bit differently i know the race better now and and yeah i'm also excited about you know trying to be good at that race in the future yeah i'm excited about that for you um and for me <laughs> I, I enjoy watching you race and i uh, have you got a better handle on the nutrition and and in that i um you know, I've had a lot of discussions with different sports scientists and doctors and coaches on this show. And, you know, obviously the sort of low fat, uh, well, what would you say, low carb, good healthy fat diet seems to be what they're preaching. Is that something that you'll consider um, more? Into? Well, it's definitely something that I want to uh, do more and get more into it when I uh, finally decide to do long distance. At the moment, I'm not doing that, but I know there's something I have to change. Yeah, and 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 but for long, long distances, I think it's so important, and that was my mistake in 2018, and also work out the nutrition during the race uh, a bit better than than what I did, and actually, uh, I made some improvements and I decided that's why I decided to race an Ironman in Malaysia in 2019. You know, I wanted to go to the same conditions, you know, to the heat, humidity and, and try to work things, uh, a, a bit better, you know, obviously it's a different race, different level. So Malaysia is uh, way bit, more brutal than Kona. <laughs> yeah. It's more brutal, but the, the rivals weren't the same. So that allows you to, you know, to, yeah. To be in control of the rhythm a little bit more of the pace of the race, you know, you don't have the the best athletes in the world pushing you and you trying to follow them. So, um, yeah, but but definitely it's something that I'm excited about 
you know, working on those things that I never really worked on. Um, I know I'm not, I'm not very young, you know, after so many years of my career, but that was my, my decision to keep doing short distance. You know, uh, I, it was, there was a point in 2012 after London that I really thought what, what was next, you know, what was going to be next, whether, uh, long distance or keep doing Olympic, but, my passion always been uh, has always been Olympic distance and you know that that pure racing against the others and for me it's the Formula One of triathlon and I loved it and uh, I, probably that would have been the best time to do long distance. I was in my late twenties, um, you know, to to have a few years of improvement towards long distance. But I decided to do short and I won a few more world titles and I'm really happy with that. So I know I don't have much time now to 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 do well in long distance, but I still believe I can have a couple of good years. I, and I think you've got five to six years if you that's, want it. That's very, very generous. No, 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 I, I, I'm just coming for off my own personal side. Yeah. And this is all saying that your passion is still there to do the work. But I found right around that 43, 44, no matter how hard I trained, my 10K went from sort of a 30-minute to a 31.30. You know what I mean? It was like, yes, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. it just slipped. It slipped around that 43, 44. Um, you would come blowing past me at high V or whatever, and I'd be like, damn it. You know, and it was – and yeah. you kind of felt like I used to be a runner and now I'm kind of slipping. And that was around yeah. that age for me. And that was still racing Olympic distance. And I think with the Ironman, I have – I'm trying a new product now um, called Super Sapiens. They actually sponsor all the Ironman. I think they're sponsoring um, Ironman brand and Kona and everything. And mm-hmm. I've got this patch uh, and it's a blood glucose reader and it's uh, you monitor yourself. And I just, yeah, for me, because of the nutrition side, when I did my couple of Ironmans was just atrocious. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I had, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm also probably on having you know monitoring all all oh, you stuff. Are? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because you know, as, as I said, I don't, I don't, I don't have much time um, in yeah, so distance. So, right. so <laughs> let's try to at least uh, you know as right as you can get them because there's always going to be mis- rookie mistakes. Even though I'm 38, yeah. but uh, you know, it's, but at the same time, um, uh, it keeps me motivated. You know, when you start something new no matter how old you are it's it's mm. new energy new motivation and you know i don't see myself doing more itu even though i love that type of racing but you know i've went through seasons for so many years you know the, the same preparation and go to a truck and do the 400s and do the 1ks and and mm. the transitions and the, you know <laughs> i'm not really excited <laughs> about all that no, but, no. um about long distance i am you know whether i'll be successful or not we will see but um I'm excited to put, you know, the hard work, uh, which is the most important, I believe. Yeah, I think changing your, your training up and, and even the training partners and the way you approach races and just different races. Because how many how many World Cup or World Series races have you done? Have you ever? Mm, uh, I think um, it must be over 120, I think. It, uh, because I, I check it only once in my life because someone – Someone asked somewhere, I don't know where, uh, who was the the, the most successful uh, athlete in ITU with more, more wins. And I'm not a super confident person. So my first thought was, I'm going to check Alistair Brown. I'm going to check Brad Bevan. I'm going to check um, uh, Mario Mola. You know, he's won a few. And I was checking them and, and then said, oh, how many have I won? 
or how, how many have I done? And I checked myself and actually I was the one who won the most with 45 yeah. wins. And I think total races, I think it was around 120. I don't remember that exactly. But um, you got to be happy yeah. with that too, isn't it? I mean, that's a one in three strike weight. And when you're not probably winning, you're on the podium. Right? Yeah, it was 80-something 80, right? 80 podiums, I think. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, and, and I always – I raced a lot in my career. I did lots of French yeah. Grand Prix. Um, I, I did lots of uh, lifetime series in the U.S., which I mm-hmm. loved. You know, Olympic distance, non-drafting. I'm sure you're going to agree with me. That's the best yeah. distance ever. I think it's still the best, <laughs> best distance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love those races. Unfortunately, we don't have many of those nowadays, but um, I love those races. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some 70.3s and, yeah, many more others, not only ITU, but, um, yeah, it's been – yeah, lots of well, races. That's why it's at the top of the show. I don't think anybody, any other athlete, has won more races than you in the twenty years. Like I, I think there's a lot of people that won world championships and they've got remarkable resumes. Mm. But when we add up your all your ITU, whatever you want to call it, World Series, World Cups wins, um, and we add up all your non-drafting wins, your French Grand Prix wins, your seventy point three mm. wins, I don't. Because you race a lot. Uh, I mean, on average, how many times have you been racing a, a year for 20 years? You've been racing probably 15, 20 times a year. Is yeah, that right? yeah, probably 15, 20 times in, in a normal year for sure. And um, I've been, I had a few injuries in my career, but luckily not too bad, you know. And yeah. um, I never had a, a bad year. For, let's say uh, I, I was, I race every year with, with good success since 2004. I believe so. Uh, I've been lucky that way. Um, I work hard for it as well, you know. But I never had to stop for a year or, or a re- with for with a really bad injury, uh, you know. So so yeah, the, the, those results I, are there. I think that's an incredible story there. I really think that. Yeah, the, that, that's what I'm. Yeah, you know, I'm very proud of that more than mm. you know any uh, single win or, or the Olympic medal or anything is is a is a career, you know, the the, mm. the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's shift gear a little bit. I want to talk about sports as a whole, uh, moving away from triathlon a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, you're friends with Rafael Nadal or acquaintances. Yeah. I don't know how close you are, but I think, you know, I've seen you guys go for bike rides and things. Yeah. If we talk about who do you think is the greatest athlete in the world? Or, and even well, we can start with what sport and then maybe. Yeah. Know. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, again, a very open discussion. It's, yeah, it's really it's, hard to compare, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but definitely not because he's a Spanish, not because uh, I know him, but I think Rafa Nadal, I mean, it's just unbelievable what he's achieving in such a competitive sport as tennis mm-hmm. um, with so much talent out there, and he's still on the top. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's incredible what he's doing. Um, mm. And for me, it's the, it's the greatest. You know, you can think of Michael Jordan, uh, Roger Federer, of course, but... And Nadal, the way he's been dominating is just outstanding. It's amazing, isn't it? I mm. I like the conversation, and this is just a conversation about what sport is the greatest athlete comes from. And um, often in America, I'll hear you know basketballers, you know mm. basketballers, and because yeah, but, I started but, but such a such a long career as Nadal, oh. so there are not many with such a long career. And, and when he's had to and, win, he's had to beat Federer, and and that's what we were talking about. Djokovic, you throw yeah. him in. And he's won all of his. He's had to beat Nadal and Federer every time he's played too. Yeah. He's had no freebies. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, someone like Nadal winning, you know, Grand Slam in 2005 and in 2021, it's just, and you know, all the years in between, it, it's just, you know, blows my mind. But I, but I think, you know, we're talking about tennis and, uh, and if those that would have listened to when Chris McCormack and I were talking about it, I think we both came to the agreement that we thought tennis players were arguably the greatest athletes in the yeah. world. And what we mean by that is what it takes to be the greatest athlete in the world. And so there's this, the physical side, obviously, and the, the physical endurance, you play a five-set match, yeah. uh, the speed and athleticism and agility, hmm. but then also the mental side and the emotional side of having to recoup and start a point every kind of 20 to 30 seconds to a minute, yeah. depending on, and yeah. having to re, it's like when the gun goes off in a triathlon, we're in the zone and you go, right? And there's decisions yeah. to be made on the fly and stuff. But tennis is a bit like golf in the sense that every yeah. shot, every it's, it's crazy. Every, every point is like a different, yes. it's a new game, you know, and you have yeah. to, you know, have to forget about everything else and start a new one. It's like just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. For me, it's a very tough sport, very mental, you know, you're against your, your rival there. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the mind plays such a big role. And, and even it's one of the few sports that you can actually win the most amount of points and still lose the game. Yeah, that's true. Correct. So the way they do the scoring, and that always yeah. blows my mind that the, the way they do the 15, 30, 40, you know, yeah. Yeah. that you could, every time you win a point, yeah, you could, you could crush them and you could take them to deuce every time that they beat you and then they ended up beating you. But it, on paper, you win far more points than they do and you still lose the overall game. It's extraordinary, extraordinary. Anyway, that, yeah. I, I think that's something we could debate all day. Yeah, um, but, but it, comes to my, it also comes to my mind, Kelly Slater. Now that I think about it, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah and, and Tom Brady. Do you ever you ever watch the NFL? The uh, American- not really. Well, it's not really big in Spain. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. there's one quarterback, Tom Brady. Yeah, now. yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I know him. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty extraordinary what he's the longevity side of of a contact yeah. sport like his yes. is yeah. quite extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and then, so there are a few. Athletes, and then obviously you have all the footballers, that soccer players, mm. Americans, Australians. Yeah. Um, do any any of those stand out to you? Do you? I mean, are you a soccer football fan, or is that something that you? Have I, a, I'm, a I'm not a huge fan, but I'm from Spain, so you have to be whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a big sport here, and um, yeah, for me, no doubt, Leo Messi is the best football player. You know, and uh, I'm not a big supporter of Barcelona anyway, but I just. The things he does on the field, you know, yeah. it's just special. You know, he has something that the others don't have, you know, and he's he's incredible. Yeah, I like all of that, mate. Well, now how are we going to keep your body going? Are you somebody that kind of – are you a routine-type person? Do you have a, a night routine, morning routine? How are you – Yeah, I like to have my routines, and, and now I need – longer if i have a a hard session in the morning i need to wake up you know early enough to get the body going you know and do little movements my little warm-up little stretches and you know for the last seven eight to eight years i would say every time i wake up from bed i can't i can't barely walk you know (laughs) or i i'm kind of limping you know that's i feel my achilles my knee my hip but after a while you know the they're, I'm fine, you know, it just needs a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. um, I remember, yeah, in my early 20s, I would, you know, wake up and, and just go straight into a hard session without any problem. Now, um, I need a bit longer, you know, I need some mobility, some 
uh, better warm-ups and uh, I can eventually get there, but it just takes longer and you have to accept it and understand it. You know, the, yeah. I don't know if, if, if I were, if I was a car, you know, I, I've, I've done so many kilometers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, the, the legs and the, um, the muscles complain a little bit sometimes, but um, as I said, I, I think I'm quite lucky that I never had too yeah. many, you know, big injuries. So, uh, but the body's still still going. <laughs> That's great. I, yeah, it got to the point for me the last year or two where getting up in the morning, I'd have a hot, hot Epsom, Epsom salt bath, <laughs> <laughs> and then do some light stretches, then do a, a two to three k run walk around the lake, then come yeah. back and, and prepare for the first workout. It was became, and that's where I didn't enjoy that. It became no, because it takes it takes a lot of time, and it's something yeah. that you don't really enjoy. You just want to go out and train hard yes. or do what you have to do for the day. But yeah. Yeah. that extra time and you know the stretching, more massage therapies, uh, more sessions on the massage table. Um, you know, you have to look after what you eat a bit more as well. Um, so those things are not so fun, but I understand that they're part of the of the process at a certain age. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Um, yeah. let, let, let's start to, to look at wrapping up here because you've given me so much of your time and I know you've got to get to bed and you've got to race and stuff coming up. <laughs> but I just want to finish with some questions um, and let's do the first one. So what, what's you've already given so much, but so but what's one tip you know, for people on how to optimize their lives? Well, I guess um, it's about balance, you know, something that we don't have as professional athletes because we are so focused on one thing, which is training and competing. We are in our small bubble, you know, and um, we need to find balance, which is not easy for us. So for, you know, the rest of the people, I would suggest that, you know, they have to balance probably a a job, you know, family, sport and you know, just try to keep a healthy, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, just try to to use the time properly, you know, and mm-hmm. I think of what you're doing, you know, and, and try to optimize your, your time and have a little bit for, you know, for the family, especially. Um, but yeah, a bit of, a bit of balance and, and enjoy the sport and, and train what you can train or what you can't, you know, and understand your situation. If you're not a professional athlete, don't try to be one, you know, because there are more things in life and, um, you know, just not, don't try to be, uh, <laughs> don't, don't be too intense with sport, I would say. Yeah, I think we, we see a lot of that. Um, I remember seeing a sign down at Boulder Ironman as, as Laura was doing the Ironman and I rode past and a woman had a sign, you know, if you're still married, you didn't train hard enough. And yeah. it's kind of, you know, it, it is the kind yeah. of sport where I think we can get a little bit too consumed. Yeah, and I understand, especially if you start in the mm. sport a bit later in your uh, in your life, you know, then all the that excitement that we had when we were 15, 20 years old and mm. you know, you're, you're going to have it later. I'm, I know when I retire, I will keep doing sport because I love it, but I don't. I probably won't have that that the need of of racing you know of competing and trying you know i just want to do it for for health reasons and for fun but uh, i understand other people they want to compete they want to improve and and sometimes they forgot about other things in life so i think uh, having a balance it's a it's a good thing that's a great answer mate i like it very much all right next one if you could sit and have a coffee with any living person who would it be and why oh wow (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> uh, um, hmm. 
as an athlete, I already had a coffee with Nadal, and which I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I have to choose someone else. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, probably someone you know, a, a big. Uh, I don't know. A, a, someone, a, a politician, um, probably someone to, you know, president of the United States, probably the most important politician in the world. So whoever uh, it is at the moment. Uh, whether it's Biden or, well, Donald Trump, maybe not so, not so much. You, would, you wouldn't want a coffee with Trump? I don't, I think uh, not so much. Let's that one. But uh, Biden or Obama or even George Bush, you know, it's probably very interesting what they can tell you, yeah. you know, about the periods they've been president, you know, and situation of the world. So I think that that could be very interesting. I like that answer. And you know what? You're not the first guest I've had that's picked an American president, a real certain, really? uh, yeah, Obama. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> um, all right. Now, what, what I want to finish up with before we get we go, um, I want to do 12 just sort of, was it 12 or 15? I've got a, f- a few really fun rapid-fire questions. I've been doing this at the end and it's a bit <laughs> of fun. Um, some of them are serious, but some of them are just a bit of fun. So you okay. ready? Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right. What's your favorite family vacation? Um, I would say New Zealand. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're married to Anna Kiwi. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't talked about her yet, but we. we yeah, but I have so to say that I love New Zealand before I actually met her. So that so was. Yeah. <laughs> Just added bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Olympic gold or Hawaii Ironman world title? Uh, Olympic gold. Okay. I thought that was going to be an easy one for you. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you change about yourself if you could? Um. Um, I would like to be more confident, probably, um, especially at this first stage of my career. You know, I come from a place where no one really achieved anything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you know, like you, you didn't, you, this, you know, being world champion, stuff like that, that didn't happen to people of my hometown, of my area. You know, that was, that happened in Australia, in Sydney, you guys, as a triathlete in the 90s, but not where I was, where I'm from, you know, so... I was never too confident until, you know, I actually started to get results. And then I saw, because it was a reality that I could do it, but um, I was never too confident uh, when I was like, I never dreamed big, really. I just wanted to, you know, do sport, have fun, um, get better. But I didn't have big goals until I actually was good enough to, to, you know, to get those good results. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you and I are very similar like that, but isn't it amazing that somebody with your, what you've done and things would say still, you know, you'd like to just be able to be one of those more confident people. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm confident now, not, not overconfident, but I, you know, I believe in my ability because I proved it many times. So I know I mm. can do it. Um, but at the beginning, as I said, you know, if you're surrounded by champions, by people achieving great things, then you, you, okay, mm. why I can do that as well, but I come from a place where triathlon barely existed when I started, and um, it was probably my friend uh, Ivan Rania, you know, who who is my pretty much my neighbor. He lived 50k from my place, and he suddenly, you know, went to the Olympics in Sydney to the first Olympic Games, and he got a fifth place uh, when he was only 21. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, well, if he can, he he can do it, but maybe I can as well, you know. There was a, he opened uh, the doors for many of us and, you know, in Spain and especially in my region, there are lots of great athletes now. Uh, but back in the day, you know, just 
things like that just didn't happen there. You know, we didn't have yeah. swim champions or track and field champions or triathlon champions. <laughs> no, so it was not. Unreal. Yeah, that was yeah, unreal. I love that. All right, how, out of ten, how cool? Are, how cool would you say you are? Oh. <laughs> Come on, you're playing a rock band. Oh yeah, okay. With that guitar, I can be maybe an eight. <laughs> but without a guitar just a four or five and no. <laughs> get much better with a guitar <laughs> no, i like that that's a great answer <laughs> Billy carr who you, you obviously know very well yeah. Uh, yeah he said i think he said he was a nine you know and i agreed and, and then he's he, very cool yeah no doubt <laughs> I said, what, what, you know anybody that wears black in the middle of a kona you know yeah the hot yeah yeah yeah, yeah lo- long sleeves and yeah 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 <laughs> And we we were trying to figure out well, what would make you ten. We didn't talk about a guitar, but I think we decided a Harley Davidson or something between. Yeah, the yeah, you need something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Outside of triathlon, if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Oh, uh, yeah, a rock star probably. I mean, not not yeah. not, not not just being a rock star, but that feeling of go on stage and play for thousands of people. You know, that must be an amazing feeling, you know. Um yeah. I love music and I watch lots of concerts, you know, I follow lots of bands and and yeah, I think it's probably feeling a bit like what we feel when we race, but um yeah, that's a bit cooler. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fantastic. It's a great image too to just be up on stage. Yeah, yeah. Thousands and you've got to perform. I love that idea of the yeah. pressure even. Yeah. Okay, who would you want to play you in a movie of your life? Oh. <laughs> Alistair Brownlee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, it would be so hard to do for an actor. I don't know. I would, I would be actually embarrassed. You know, someone yeah. playing, playing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but there is there's this great movie coming out, the Javier Gomez Noya story. Yeah. And they come to you and say, who's going to play it? Uh, Go. I don't, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I'll do that. Um <laughs> That's all right. Like, you can still pass. I, yeah, I think I will pass at that one. <laughs> that, that, that's all right. Um, okay, here's a here's a more serious one. Proudest moment of your life? Um, proudest moment. Mm, I don't know. Any uh, there are lots of in sport. There are lots of proud moments uh, for sure, and. Um, the Olympic medal, win the grand final in in London, well, was a very special moment. Um, but it has probably an award that I got called uh, for, that you get from the King of Spain, which uh, only top athletes in the world, like uh, people like Michael Jordan, like Rafa Nadal, um, you know, this kind of athletes, mm. uh, got it, and I got it in 2016 for which is, you know. And I worked for my whole career, and it was a very special day. It's really big in Spain, and um, mm. it was the first time that uh, someone from a kind of small sport like triathlon uh, got it ever. So that was was a very proud moment. What's the name of the award? Uh, Pr- uh, Princesa de Asturias. <laughs> <It's in> Spanish. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll have to check that out. Put in the yeah. show notes. I like that. That's really cool. Um, if you could had a time machine, would you travel to the future or back to the past? Um, I don't really want to know the future, so probably back to the past. Um, yeah, not sure where or like when, but um, probably to the past or mm. yeah, yeah. 
It's not an easy one, that one, is it? It's kind of yeah, because the future, there are things I, mean, I would like to I, know, but others I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, that's probably to, you know, a long time ago, middle age or something. But, yeah, um, yeah, nice. yeah but just, just to watch for a bit, not to live there for, for very long. <laughs> People didn't, didn't live there for long, so just, no, to, have a, just to have a look. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, here's, here's a really important one for a musician like yourself. Which decade of music is the best? Oh. Um, well, I really like 70s, but probably early 90s for me, uh, where lots of great bands, they're probably still the biggest bands nowadays, where are their peak. I'm talking about rock and roll bands, was where I, where I like mm-hmm. the most. Uh, well, you that? know, where, uh, whatever, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, uh, uh, Metallica, all the grunge movement, movement with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, I think they all were other peaks between 1990 and 1995. I would have um, even said yeah. late 80s for a lot of those guys. Yeah, some of them are the 80s, yeah. Um, I mean, ACDC. Yes, this has been there since the 70s, actually. Metallica is uh, definitely late 80s. Yeah, yeah. But probably they were the peak at the early 90s, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll, and the, you know, the, the punk rock music of the early 90s as well. So, yeah, I would choose 90s. I agree. I think some, some of that music is some of my, my absolute favourite. I can't wait to see you perform on stage. <laughs> we, you know, you know we, we have a little band, actually. You know, I've, you know, I've seen you on your Instagram. You, you've you been playing with a group, right? Yeah, we, we are really bad. But um, uh, <laughs> No, I, I was a guest of a, of a better band uh, a couple of times. I played with them on stage and that was good. But we have, you know, with my physio was a former triathlete as well and a couple of friends, you know, when, when we have time, we just get together and we play and it's a lot of fun. You know, we don't have great ambitions, just, we just have fun and it's a great way to, you know, to, to think about something else and do something else. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's awesome. It's a nice balance to have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Two more questions. Most recent show you watched on Netflix or whatever, um, I watched um, this documentary of a, about Movistar cycling team, which is quite interesting. Right. Um, uh, a few episodes, five episodes of last season, like from, you know, you get to know the team from the inside and what happens mm. in the races and stuff. It's quite, quite in- interesting. Um, I watched another one called The Staircase, which was interesting too. Yeah. Very so, cool. All right, now this is the most important question of all. If you won $100 million in the lottery, how would you decide to spend it? Tax-free, by the way. Uh, <laughs> well, as I think I don't need that much money, I would keep the half and the other half I would probably donate it to the ITU, uh, Ironman and Challenge so they can have the pros could have a bit of better price money. <laughs> wow. What a great answer. That's a well, <laughs> Because, you know, the, the price money has been pretty much the same for so long. And uh, oh, yeah. the, the yeah. sport is getting bigger, you know, more professional. And um, I would like the pros uh, for my own interest as well, you know, have better price money on, on the races. Because I think, uh, yeah, we have seen amazing performances in ITU and middle distance, long distance. And, uh, yeah, if you want the sport to keep, you know, growing, we need more professionals. We need better price money, I believe. What a great answer, mate. I think you've just won every pro's heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you said, how much did you say? A hundred million? Yeah, I, I don't need that much. If, if you said like one million, maybe, you know, I'll keep it. <laughs> 
Yes, but I don't think my mind ever remotely crossed over that. Yeah. Speed, so. All right, mate, let's just wind up. Um, what, what's next for you then? Okay, you've got the French Grand Prix coming up. Is that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is that, is that, yeah, yeah, in, uh, in a couple of days. And then um, I'm going to go to Mexico for another training camp in the heat. Before oh. Tokyo, I'll do a few weeks of training there in Cozumel. Um, I like the place and, uh, yeah, I want to be as efficient as possible in the heat. And, and uh, But not only that, I, I like to be in a quiet place. And sometimes if I'm in Spain, it's not so quiet and there are lots of, uh, not distractions, but also commitments with different things. So I want to mm. go uh, away a little bit and, and train, just focus on my training, resting and and get as fit as I can for for Tokyo, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to for you know to prepare that race, and I believe that I can have a good one. And as I said, at this stage of my career, if I have a good one, that would be awesome. If not, well, it's not not a big deal, but um, that's not on my plan. My plan is to have a good one. <laughs> I believe in you, mate. I you know I think you really can. I think you, I, I would not surprise me if you're on the medals. Would not surprise me if you actually got the gold. I actually believe you've got that in you. No, I, I'm serious. I think yeah. you've got it if you want it. And I think coming in with the mindset and with all the pressure off and everything else, you're free to have a a, yeah. a free hit, as, as Vicky Holland put it in her episode. You know, um, yeah, has a medal and now she has a free hit. And yeah, and it, it's a it's a good position to be in, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. so obviously there has its, its negatives. I, I would like to, you know, be twenty eight, twenty nine, but I'm not. But the situation that I'm in, I, I'm feel very comfortable and and really excited about, you know, giving everything on training, and um, I don't feel that pressure that you have that I had in London, for example, that. Right. Uh, in the end, it worked well, and I and I did probably my best, the best race that I was capable of. But uh, now I feel more relaxed, and the training is actually going well. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Perfect. And what about post games? You're going to do the Collins Cup, or Kona Ironman this year. What do you think? Um, well, I don't what know if I'll be work? selected for the Collins Cup. Um, really? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm not in I the uh, automatic uh, picks. Oh, I right. think, uh, but so I, I don't really know. Um, Connor Ironman is an option if it happens. Uh, let's hope it happens. But for sure, I guess, uh, you know, the rest of my career is going to be focusing long distance. I don't know if it's going to be one, two, three, five years. I don't know how long until I, I don't like this anymore. I don't, until I don't enjoy it anymore. But, um, yeah, the goals are going to be in long distance. Well, I think for people that don't know, when I talk about the Collins Cup, it's the new, uh, professional race uh, that the the prof- professional triathlete organization is putting on the PTO. Um, and basically you represent either Europe, um, the U S or the internationals who's everybody else. Um, the top four from each region, men and women um, automatically qualify. And then there's team captains and they choose the next two. Um, so I'd be very surprised if you're not chosen um, by the team captains who's who's the team captain norman stadler and yeah yeah i think so yeah and i don't know uh who else to be honest this year i've been more focusing (laughs) olympic distance you know but about the pto is doing amazing you know and it's a they're doing great things uh for the pros you know even last year was such a challenging year and we got to to race in daytona really good race uh even though the, the, I didn't like the course, it was not very good for me, for me uh, personally. But the event was amazing, and, and you know, 
good prize money and we you know treated as true professionals and that's great to see in the sport yeah no they're, they're doing amazing things with that challenge usa series um mm-hmm. that's where i got to see you last actually uh yeah. challenge day, you know you and annika for breakfast with our yeah, kids that's true. yeah 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 i got to <laughs> i got to meet your kids there yeah, see yeah. laura yeah yeah it's great <laughs> All right. Well, Javier, this has been absolutely brilliant, mate, just to catch up and, and just discuss the sport and what you're doing and, and everything else. It's just such a pleasure, mate. So thanks for coming on the show again. No, thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Yeah. Cheers, mate. All right. Well, Cheers. thanks, everybody, for, for, for listening and, and sharing the show. And it's just been such a wonderful conversation with Javier. Um, you can find all the show notes and timestamps and the links and all the coupon codes at bennettendurance.com forward slash media all right have you stay on the line mate appreciate it cheers cheers thanks a lot for listening if you enjoyed the show your support would truly be appreciated you can visit the patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice don't miss the next episode so subscribe and be notified for show notes if you want to know more please visit bennettendurance.com I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.